to me, it's as natural as breathing to pray. And I've just seen so many answers to prayer, I can't even begin to talk about it. I, I wrote it down in a biography called It's Time to Pray. And I also included in that biography the struggles, the failures, the trials, the difficulties, so that people will know, could understand that God doesn't take supermen or women, he just takes ordinary people who just simply want a relationship with him and he begins to do supernatural things through their lives. Prayer is a central piece of the Christian life, but actually doing it challenges many believers. We often don't pray when we have the chance to do so. Many people in the Bible also ran away or fought with others rather than talk to God about their problems. Not praying has been a common human issue for a very long time. But why does reaching out to God seem so hard sometimes? This week, Pastor Carter Conlon talks about the incredible power of prayer, misconceptions about prayer, and the strange difficulty and true simplicity of prayer. Prayer is really a very simple thing, but it has great power. God has chosen to link His mercy with our prayers. If we hold God's promises in our hearts and lift up issues before Him, we have a chance to bring pieces of heaven to earth. Now here's our host, Bob Dimmer. Well, welcome to another uh, Gary Wilkerson podcast, and we have a guest in the studio today, and that's Carter Conlon, the senior pastor at Times Square Church in New York City. And Carter is also an author. His uh, latest book out, It's Time to Pray. And prayer is what we're going to talk about today, Gary, with, uh, with Pastor Conlon. And prayer is one of those things, isn't it? It's a, it's a staple of the church. It's something we're all told to do, but we seem to do so little of it, don't yeah, we? Yeah, well, Pastor Carter, we're so glad to have you with us here today and talking on this topic of prayer because you have not only written about it, and not only um, had it as a part of your church, uh, the culture of your church, but you live it out yourself. You know, so it's that's a topic that's easier to talk about or study or do a whole teaching series on. But uh, but but for you to personally, I, I've been around you enough to know you. You know, the, when I, you know, we were just in Africa together last week, and there were several times where he just called the team, let's just go pray. You know, and so. Thank you for living it, not just not just talking about it. It's, it's, it's powerful, but to, but thanks for talking about it too, because that's you gotta you gotta tell people about it as well. So yeah, yeah. Well, prayer uh, has been a, a huge part of my life, uh, right from the inception. Uh, I, I love to tell the story that I was a young police officer. I was 24 years of age, and three ladies got a burden for my soul. Just God put it upon their hearts, and they began to pray for me. And I only found out about this after I came to Christ. So I'm walking down the street one day as a young beat cop, and these thoughts of God start coming into my mind. And they annoyed me. I thought, why am I thinking about God? Now, I'm thinking about God because three ladies are calling out to him on my behalf. And they felt they had a word from the Lord. They told me later that God was going to greatly use my life for his Mm -hmm. glory. So they're in agreement with him. They're praying in agreement with him. I have these thoughts coming into my mind. So I think maybe one of the first prayers I ever really prayed that was sincere, I walked into a church, it was open, I was on duty. I sat down the back, I'm all alone, took my hat off, and I prayed a prayer. And here was my prayer, I said, well, I said, if you're real, I wouldn't mind knowing who you are. (laughs) And that was my my first prayer. And he answered it. You know, sometimes we think prayer has got to be this this phenomenally fancy uh, King James thing where it's wow. got to be like a, a sequence of, uh, of steps how, when it's just yeah. really a discussion. Yeah. How did he answer it? He gave me an understanding of who he was. I mean, yeah. I ran into a Christian police officer eventually who started mm-hmm. telling me about Christ, um, stirred me to read the Gospel of John myself. Mm-hmm. And when I read the Gospel of John, I saw in the Gospel of John not only 
what salvation was through faith in Christ, I also saw, without ever hearing a message on it, that salvation was not just more or less dumping the bad feelings about my life at the feet of Jesus, but actually giving him the right to the rest of my life. So when I came to Christ, I knew what I was doing. So I prayed my second prayer on May 12th, 1978 at 3.20 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I was driving to work. And I remember uh, I was on a street called Island Park Drive in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Pulled over on the side of the road and I prayed my second prayer. And my prayer was, Lord Jesus, if this thing that my friend is telling me is true, then I ask you to come into my life wow. and be my Lord That's and my cool. Savior as wow. well. And God answered that prayer. Mm. That's that's very specific. And you know the time, the mm-hmm. location where you are in the car. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. You know, we uh, the podcast is going to Christians, uh, but we have non-Christians listening too, and they're probably saying, I don't know what you mean, prayer. What what? How would you define prayer? Well, prayer is just talking to God, just the same way as I'm talking to you gentlemen today. It's, uh, you know, uh, I mean, church experience tries to make it something else, tries to formulize it or make it something where you have to yell at God or you have to be in a certain posture. It's not prayer. And and trust me, I've gone through all of, you know, it's funny. I started out by just talking with God. Then I got into the church where I started to be taught what prayer is, only to learn after like about 25 years that that's not what prayer is. Uh, and coming back to the beginning, I remember one day after, after I, I did it all. I, I, I went to the seminars. I read the books. I fasted until I was skinny. I, I prayed with passion until I burst blood vessels in my eye one time. Like in, And you, you get into all this stuff of what you read Reese Howell's Intercessor, you know, or Praying Hyde. And all it does is condemn you because I, I couldn't even get my Hyde praying. I mean, you know, so you're reading this stuff. And, and then one day after just kind of exhausting myself, the Lord spoke to me, and here's what he said. He said, Carter, I had a friend, and I used to come down into the garden in the cool of the day, and I would just talk to him. And I would bring him animals, and I'd say, Adam, what, what should we call this? And Adam would tell me, and we would just commune with each other. And I lost my friend, so I formulated a plan, and I came down into this world, died on the cross, so that I could have he and his descendants, of which you are back. And he says, all I want you to do is talk to me. He said, I don't live outside of you anymore. I live inside of you. Mm-hmm. And you just talk to me all day. And that's what I do now. Because, you know, I was, tr- I was trying to pray, guys, you know, I, I, with all my heart. And then I, I ran across this verse, you know, <laughs> pray without ceasing. I remember saying, for heaven's sake, <laughs> I could barely pray for an hour. I'd be exhausted. How do you pray without ceasing? Other than the reality that Christ lives in me. He's with me all day, every day, everywhere I go, and I can just simply, as the Scripture says, in all, all your ways acknowledge him. I just, mm-hmm. just talk to him, and that's what my life has become now. Yeah. My wife came home a little while ago, and she said to me, this is only about a couple months ago, she said, who are you talking to downstairs? Mm-hmm. I said, God, mm-hmm. just like I do all day. I, I actually talk to him as I'm going down the street in New York. You can do that here, there. Nobody even yeah. looks at you. And, yeah. and I actually pray for people. You put one of those white things in your ear, you know, it looks like you're on the phone and you're actually talking to God. And sometimes I'll just say, Lord, I just pray for that man there on the corner. Maybe nobody's ever prayed for him, but three ladies prayed for me and I found you or you found, I, you revealed yourself to me. And I, so I'm praying for him that God, maybe it's the first time in his life that anybody's ever prayed for that man. So I'm just praying. And I, I actually pray out loud. And it, a prayer now to me is a delight. It's not a, it's not a. Yeah, I know. It's not a job. It's not uh, 
uh, a, a work, a chore. It's it's life. It's just it's just the way I live it now. Mm. Love that. Is uh, you've talked about two women prayed for you and wonderful things happened. You've prayed for others, so there is power in prayer. I mean, we're just talking to God, or what happens when we pray to God? Well, when he he's linked the entire moving of his hand uh, through our prayers. I mean, he himself said, "Do you imagine if people believed one verse in the Bible? Like, let's say in a, a present Christian day church." If we just believe this one verse, and whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. What if we actually believe that Mm -hmm. verse? Now, of course, we know it's according to the will of God that we pray, not to consume it on ourselves. You know, it's defined by Scripture. Mm -hmm. But what if we really believed? I mean, don't you think the prayer meeting would be the most attended meeting in the church in our generation? You know, uh, I mean, uh, to me, it's as natural as breathing to pray. And I've just seen so many answers to prayer. I can't even begin to talk about it. I I wrote it down in a biography called It's Time to Pray. And I also included in that biography the struggles, the failures, the trials, the difficulties, so that people will know, could understand that God doesn't take supermen or Mm -hmm. women. He just takes ordinary people Mm -hmm. who just simply want a relationship with him. And he begins to do supernatural things through their lives. That's what I I loved about your book was, you know, because I've read the Reese Howell Intercessor and uh, Praying Hyde as well and started on that journey, like, I'm going to be like that. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you find you're failing within the first day or two of not living up to it. And I love your book because it stretched me like, Okay, I do want to have more of that commune with God and that more faith to ask. But you were so honest too. Like you talked about a lot of your struggles uh, in there and some some of the difficulties that you faced as well. Um, parenting, pastoring, being mm-hmm. a human being on a tough planet we're living on. So yeah, mm-hmm. I really appreciated the, hon- the honesty there, and that's that's something that I think a lot of people are missing. And when it comes to prayer, there's almost this this sense of. Uh, I don't even know what the word is. There's there's a word for them. I can't, I can't seem to capture right now. But um, where it's it's you kind of pay to play. Like you know, I'll put in this much in the slot for God, and then I want this much kind of return for Him. But the way you're way you're describing prayers, I, I think, is a much richer tapestry of of a relationship rather than just uh, inserting a prayer to God and hoping to get some kind of um, magical answer back from Him. So. Um, yeah, just your, your, your book really, uh, I, pr- I pray that everyone, uh, here's my prayer, that everybody that's listening to us today will, will get a copy of that, because uh, uh, you touched on some powerful things. Along those lines, here you've just described how easy prayer is, uh, how much it, it, it affects us, and how much happens from it, so then why don't we? Good question. I, I want to get a T-shirt printed for all of our young adults at Times Square Church with a Bible on it, and a, underneath it'll say, "When all else fails, read the instructions." Uh, you look in the scriptures. I mean, what did 120 failures do? Um, you know, Peter, with his great boast of uh, love and loyalty, uh, curses himself with an oath and says, "I don't know the man." John, with his display of affection, runs uh, from the garden when he's needed. Every everyone. Everyone going into that upper room knew that they were a failure, but they had promises from him. And so they just went in, in, in prayer, and they simply agreed with what he had said. You tarry, and I will give you power. It's that simple. And that, that's really been the story of my life. Um, I've learned that from my youth. Uh, let me give you an illustration of this. Um, I started suffering panic attacks when I was 15 years of age, and I suffered them for nine years. And if you've never experienced it, it's the closest thing to hell on earth you'll ever experience in this life. 
Uh, panic attack is like a, a computer meltdown in the human body where mm. you're just suddenly overwhelmed by a sense, a foreboding sense of, uh, of doom. Uh, everything closes in around you. There's, uh, you. You crash on the inside. Your heart starts to pound in your chest. Mm. You profusely sweat, and you're really convinced that you're going to die at that moment. Nine years I suffered with this. Now, I, I, I used to keep my body in subjection by being a fanatical uh, work, workout person. Um, took a lot of Valium for a lot of years and things like that. But then I got saved at 24, and I was reading my Bible. And it was only a half of a verse, but I believed it, where Paul the Apostle said, If God be for us, who can be against us? And it really, it really stuck with me, and I really believed it. And I remember going home. Uh, either that night or the next night, and I was up in bed, uh, upstairs, uh, falling asleep, and uh, I suddenly felt one of these panic attacks coming on. You know, they, they come without warning. And I went downstairs into my living room, and up to that point when I would suffer this, I would take a couple of Valium and usually a straight glass of whiskey. But now I was a Christian, and so there's no more pills. I, in my heart, I said, no more pills, no more alcohol. That was gone out of my life. So I went into my living room, and all I had was a half a verse of scripture. You know, David didn't have a truckload of stones. He had one <laughs> in his sling, and that's all it took to bring down the giant, you know. And I, 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 it, it's not really a prayer. I made a declaration to the devil himself, and I said, Satan, you can only kill me if God allows it. And if he does, I'm going to heaven tonight, so I win either way. So I said, you throw at me everything that you've got. But I throw back at you what I now have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I resist you. That was my prayer. And I felt a heat hit my feet. A heat. A heat like as if I stepped into a, a, a fairly hot bathtub of water. That kind of a heat. It wasn't just a warm feeling. It was a heat. It went through my legs, through my uh, stomach area, through my torso, and out the top of my head. That was 40-something years ago. I was completely set free from nine years of hell in, in one minute of time. And I have traveled the world. I have, I have spoken to crowds as big as a half a million people. They tell me I've been locked in maximum security prison with prisoners. I've been sharing Christ with them. I, and the, that which dominated my life was broken. Mm. And it, it was broken in that moment of I am I'm with God. God is with me. I'm not destined to live like this. And so I understand what prayer is. I understand what prayer can do. I understand the promises of God. And it has been, my whole life has been like this. Uh, that's how I got into ministry. That's how we established our first uh, two churches. That's why we started feeding people. That's why we broke into an area in Canada that had no gospel message mm. for 100 years, mm. 40 square miles. And people told me it couldn't be done. I wasn't a minister. I had no training. I had no. I could, I'd never really given a sermon. I wasn't a public speaker. But I began to pray with a bus driver and my wife every Tuesday night in our home, seven o'clock till we were done, and we began to just pray. This is God. I remember my prayer. Jesus, it's not honoring to you to have anybody say that there's any area of the country you can't reach, or any place that's too dark that your light can't. I just don't believe it. I just refuse to believe that a church can't be founded here. Mm. Uh, seven years later, we have two churches, a Christian school, a food bank <laughs> feeding about 236 families, if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, uh, people are coming to Christ everywhere. 
the uh, church is so full we can't even seat all the people. Mm -hmm. And this is just, and we had no skill per se, but we knew how to pray. And God, we watch God answer prayer. We it's always been like that. It's n- it's never mm. m- in my theory of ministry. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Pastor, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have you ever had a time? Um, I'll ask a tough question because I think some of our listeners might be asking this question. <coughs> where maybe it, it felt to you like the opposite was happening. So so you're praying for Canada and this area, and then all of a sudden there's this breakthrough. Have you ever had like where this there was that petition before the Lord, but it felt like a brass heaven or he wasn't, you know, have you ever had like prayers that weren't answered? And so what did you do when you felt like prayers weren't being answered? Well, you learn over time that God's timing is not our timing. Okay. And, you know, we think we know how God should do something and when. Mm. And sometimes the the, uh, the the country's not ready, the society's not. Like I, I have believed God and I have prayed for years for a spiritual awakening in, uh, in all of North America, not just the United States, but mm. Canada as well. Haven't seen it yet, mm. uh, but I have prayed and believed. And, you know, I've learned over the years that God has to bring the right conditions. I mean, realistically, the 400 years that God's people were in captivity in Egypt, how many prayers do you think were offered up and Lord help us Lord deliver us Lord you know and then God comes to Moses and he says uh, I've heard the cry and I've come down to deliver in my people now Moses at this point he's got to get his brother he's got to gather his family now the scripture says he wasn't like fully engaged with the work so he almost dies we don't know how long (laughs) this takes and then there's a there's a lengthy kind of a trip so the prayer was answered probably months before the people saw the manifestation of it come through the sure. gates yeah. of where they were. And, and, of course, the answer looks so feeble, right? An 80-year-old man and his 83-year-old <laughs> brother with a stick and a one-line sermon. <laughs> I mean, for real. That's Salvation has arrived. Yeah. 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 Can you imagine? Can you imagine if somebody showed up in Colorado Springs, an old guy and his brother, and he's got a stick and a one-line sermon, let my people go. Bob and I are kind of close to that. Yeah, yeah. we're close to our 80s. We don't have a stick. No, but I, I just learned to love the way God does things. He doesn't do it the way we yeah, think. Right. He's, he's got, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's so unique. It's so different. It's so, you know, we think, and you can imagine all the people praying in Egypt thinking they know how this is going to happen. And all the people that are getting discouraged because it's not happening. Mm-hmm. But over here, God says, I've heard and I've answered. But the, the manifestation doesn't come to the, an- mm-hmm. to the actual prayer for, I don't know, it could have been months by the time sure. Moses arrives. But mm-hmm. God says, okay, I've heard. Yeah, and it got worse before it got better. You yes. Know, Moses went through a real hard time yes. there. And I, I found that experience as well. And sometimes like, the enemy tries to align things to to get us discouraged to the point, uh, disappointed to the point of almost almost tell, saying to yourself, you know, I don't know if God really hears me. Maybe it's me. You know, if somebody, he's answering other people's prayers. He's not answering mine, so it must be something wrong with me. And I think the enemy really aligns himself to get us uh, derailed from having mm-hmm. that faith and confidence that God ultimately is is out for, as you said about your anxiety, God is out for your good. He's not He's mm-hmm. not against you. He's for mm-hmm. you. The um, the, you know, the, the, this, this, this whole issue of disappointment with God that, you know, it's very dear to my heart because mm-hmm. I, I've experienced a lot of that. Yours was anxiety. Mine was mm-hmm. the sense of disappointment. It's like I've asked God for this and it didn't happen and I wanted that. And, and the, the, the gift that the Holy Spirit gave me, I think, was, was to, to show me that even if it didn't, my, I was praying for the externals, move your hand here, fix this, make that thing happen. And he was dealing on the internals. Like he was, he was, he was changing my heart 
and, I, and I'm not saying prayer just changes your heart, not uh, the environment. Mm-hmm. I believe prayer changes things externally as well. But I do believe that he, 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 he is really, like if I draw this circle inside and say, this is my heart, this is my life, you know, that's really what he's after. You know, it's, uh, what does it gain on a man if he profit, profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his soul? And, and for me, prayer has been, I, I've, I've, uh, I've rid my heart, or the Holy Spirit's rid my heart of that disappointment with God when it came down to realizing, like, I don't want him for things, although he does things for me. I want him for him, you know. I, want, I just want to know him. I want to, to so, so prayer for me has become, it still has a lot to do with the externals, but oh, a whole lot to do with the internals. And, and I know you preach that. I've heard you preach many times, and, you know, you're preaching to a, a congregation of thousands and thousands of people who um, come, to, come into your uh, auditorium there with all kinds of problems and difficulties and pain. And, you know, you, you've, got, you've really got to pray. You, you have a, uh, a prayer meeting every week, right? You have a, every Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And it's impacting. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because the impact not only just on your own life and family and congregation, but it's really reaching around the world, isn't it? Well, it's uh, in 202 countries now, uh, live-streamed, and um, it's uh, 7 to 8.30 p.m. Uh, it's, a, it's a prayer meeting that gave out, uh, God gave it to us. We weren't even trying to set this up. <laughs> uh, it was just handed to us, mm. and it just went worldwide, and it's still growing. We're only 34 countries short of being live in every country on wow. In the world, so that's actually, hundred and something countries that you're in already. Well, no, we're in yeah. two hundred and two. There's two hundred and thirty-six. It's not only countries, but it's dependencies, like little islands and yeah. little groups of islands. If you add them all up together, it's two thirty-six. Wow. I should know that. I'm a president yeah. of a yeah. world challenge. Yeah. I, should, <laughs> I should know something about how many countries there are. I guess. But, uh, well, it's uh, so we're in two hundred and two of them crazy. right now, and uh, so we got thirty-four to go. Yeah. And uh, it's it's amazing how, how God's done that, and mm-hmm. He's given it to us. You know, just. Uh, I, I'm really thankful for it. And people can, um, you can, you can, you can um, like, text or... E- you can text or email in. Your prayer request yeah. li- while your congregation is praying. Yes, yeah. I, I could text and in they and appear, say, I pray for And it appears as a, there's a ribbon on the bottom of the screen, yeah. and every 20 seconds a new a new prayer request comes in. And they're coming in from all over the world. I mean, it's just phenomenal. We had, we've had people uh, in maximum security prison saying, uh, I'm, I'm in uh, isolation. One guy one time, he said, and I'm told there's no hope for me. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, people uh, in, uh, in the Middle East that are struggling and suffering for what they believe. We have Muslims that have come in and have said, we're watching this and we're not quite sure what you believe. Can you explain it? So sometimes we have to just stop mm-hmm. and talk to the people, children. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're heartbreaking, the prayer requests that come in from children. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it, it's it's the most unusual prayer meeting I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah that's right in the heart of Manhattan. It's cool. And you can join that uh, it's time to pray.com. Is that the time to pray? Uh, or, or just go to uh, Times Square, TSC.NYC. Okay. That's Times Square Church. New York City. And uh, you come into our website, and then it says Worldwide Prayer Meeting. There's a, there's a box there. You can see it. You can click on that, and it's, uh, it's up live at 7 o'clock. Every Tuesday night, Eastern Time, till about 8.30, quarter to 9, roughly. Uh, sometimes we go a little bit over the 8.30 mark. But it is a phenomenal prayer meeting. The presence of God is there. It's absolutely wonderful. We'll put that information on the screen and in our show notes for those that are watching and listening so you can uh, take part in that as well. It, it was on your website, It's Time to Pray, that I noticed you have this tagline. We need to pray like we've never prayed before. Why? Well, our country's in trouble. Our nation's in trouble right now. Our whole society, I think, is being threatened 
by an encroaching godlessness uh, that should make people afraid. I mean, we are literally being invaded by darkness. Uh, you know, not only we're now talking about murdering children outside the womb, uh, almost an unthinkable mm -hmm. thought even just a few years ago. We're gender confusing our children in our grade schools deliberately as a nation. Um, laughing at our high schoolers that they believe in God and forbidding them to pray in any kind of a school event or public event. And then on top of that, radicalizing our college uh, students against both God and their own country and their own the history of their own country. Mm -hmm. So we are in a crisis moment as a nation. Opiate addiction, breakdown, marriage, divorce, the whole thing. The statistics are just off the chart everywhere you look. But the hope that I have still still stands on the fact that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And I believe that with all my heart. I stand on it. Uh, it's, my, it's a daily prayer in my heart. It's the Lord God, have mercy on this nation. Have mercy on your people. Uh, and I, I'm continuously praying to that end and believing that, you know, we might be, we might have to experience a season of, of, of some fairly dark things. But just like the children of Israel, I, I believe that as we pray, that, that, and I'm not asking necessarily that America, you know, become this bastion of virtue in the world for the next generation. What I'm asking is, God, you clearly declare yourself to be a God of mercy. Mm -hmm. And you give parables in the scripture about people sweeping and finding a lost coin and you leaving the 99 and finding the lost lamb. So here, my prayer is, I'm asking you, Lord, for everybody in this country to be given a chance to hear about who you are and what you did on the cross for them. Whether they accept or reject, is their, mm -hmm. that's their choice. But at least give them a chance. Mm -hmm. Because so many have never heard now. So many college kids, young people, they've never, and they're starving to death for truth because everything is failing them right at this moment. So I, my prayer is just, God, just let everybody hear. Mm. I, I don't know what will come after that moment, but that's, that's what I'm praying for now. Just, mm -hmm. just give them a chance to hear. And I'm on good ground because Jesus himself said, it's not the Father's will that any should perish. Right. And I know that if I'm praying according to the will of God, like just think, think about this for a moment. When you look at Ezekiel chapter uh, 36, um, the nation was so wicked that it's described as the princes and leaders are, are ravenous wolves devouring the mm -hmm. prey. Like their, their leadership is uh, literally so selfish, they're devouring everything just for their own agenda. The, the prophets, it says, are, are, are holding them up with uh, lies and false prophesyings. And it says the people have become empty, exercise robbery, they oppress the widow and the stranger. So, so that literally we're, we're looking at a, a, a society totally in collapse at this moment. Right. And then God says, and I sought for a man to stand in the gap that I should not have to judge the nation. I, God says, I'm just looking for one person that would agree with me that I could show mercy in this environment. And I couldn't find anybody. I think everybody was so in the mindset of, you know, even God's people, a judgment has come. Judgment is here. Judgment. And nobody's even willing to consider that God might want to show a moment of mercy. Mm -hmm. And he, he searches for somebody. Could you imagine if, if that was said about America, that God said, I looked for one man, mm -hmm. one man that would just stand in the gap and say, Lord, I agree with you, that you should show mercy to this generation, this wicked, wicked generation. You should show mercy one more time. And he says, I couldn't find anybody. You know, so that tells me that his mercy is interlocked 
mm-hmm. with our prayer. And our prayer, all he was looking for is not somebody to change his mind. He was looking for somebody to agree with him. Mm. Think yeah. about that. We've become Jonah, haven't That's we? That's a good point. Yeah. Hey? Yeah. I mean, he'd already decided mm-hmm. to be merciful. He said, I just need somebody to agree with me. Mm-hmm. And I will be. And couldn't find a man. Mm-hmm. You know, because it can get so dark that we, we, we ourselves lose hope that God can actually be merciful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, I just heard you say the name Jonah. We've become Jonah, yeah. It comes, yeah. comes on my radar, too, because of it's almost like with him, it's almost the disappointment that God yeah. had mercy. You know, it's not only was he not standing in the gap for his people or being that one man that God was looking for, he was actually a, a countering uh, op- in opposition uh, intentionally God's desire to be merciful in, in Nineveh. And, uh, you know, I guess we do in today's society, we seem to be more... We want to be right rather than to be on God's side sometimes, don't we? When we ought to be praying for that, just to prove ourselves right, we'd like to see the destruction come. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I took a walk a few weeks ago down uh, Broadway one evening, uh, all the way from 51st where the church is to about 30th, uh, roughly 30, 31st. And you're, you're, you're walking through Sodom now and Gomorrah. It's just unbelievable. You, you, can't, you have to kind of go there to understand what I'm talking about. It's like if you want to see how a society can totally break down, just come and take that journey with me one night. But I, I, I'm walking there this night, and I'm praying out loud, and I'm watching, I'm watching things that I can't describe. In there. I don't think it's edifying. I can't describe it on the radio. But you can probably let your mind go there and understand what I'm talking about. And I'm just looking at debauchery on steroids uh, all the way down the street. The language, the the uh, the the vile, the ignorant conversation, the 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 level of uh, stupidity even of the society itself now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking at it, and I found myself just calling out out loud, "God have mercy! Oh God! Oh Lord Jesus Christ have mercy!" And I'd be looking at various people doing various things and just actually calling out to God for that. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. Mm-hmm. Give them a chance to hear you. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, these people that are, are doing what they're doing on the corner that, that you know, it was almost unfathomable t- uh, 10 years ago, and they're doing it in public now. So I'm just praying God have mercy mm-hmm. on them. Have mercy on their souls. Have mercy on these people that are just standing there using as much profanity as they can muster. Have mercy on these uh, foolish people that are involved in this other behavior. And I'm just, I'm just there praying and I didn't care who heard me uh, but I, I feel like I, I want to be that man in Ezekiel uh, uh, 36 or whatever chapter it is I, I just want to be that man that's agreeing with God mm-hmm. because my natural eye and my natural heart would want to crowd judge it mm-hmm. you know but instead I'm saying God have mercy God have mercy God have mercy mm-hmm. because I I've not forgotten who I was I used to I used to play cards uh, when I was a cop and I when I was uh, on lunch and I used to, I had a habit of cursing the name of Christ. Hmm. That was my thing, you know, and I would just do it constantly. And he could have sent me to hell right there, but three ladies started to pray for me, hmm. and thoughts of God started coming into my mind, you know. And so I I I I was destined for the same hell as these people, yeah. and somebody prayed for me, so ought I not to pray for them? And that's just the way my mind works now, and I thank God it works that way. Yeah, that's good. Well, Pastor Carter, thanks for coming and reminding us of the importance of prayer and the power of prayer. And I can't think of a better place for you and your church to be than in the city that you've described. And I hope our listeners and our viewers will join you in that prayer as well, so you won't be the only one standing there. As we see in Ezekiel, they'll be there with you. Agree with uh, that. Thank you. Thank could, you. Thank you. I could just add one more request. Um, <clears throat> you know, I want people to read your book. It's time to pray. 
Um, but I think a lot of people also are listening, saying, like, you know, I, I want to pray, but I also need prayer. Would you mind just taking a few seconds and praying for people that, that are listening to us and they're, they're hurting and they're troubled and their marriages, like all those things you're talking about. Maybe even people that are listening right now that say, you know, like, I'm one of those ones who need to know that God is real. You know, what, do you mind just leading us Absolutely. in a time of prayer? Father, I just want to thank you today in Jesus' name, Lord, for you are able to reach out across uh, these airwaves and through this podcast, and you're able to touch every situation. You yourself, Lord, you stood up in the temple and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's right. And you gave us the reasons. You said to, to preach the gospel to the poor, to give sight to those who can't see a way forward, to heal those that have been wounded in their hearts, bruised beyond repair to set free those that are in, in prison in their mind or their body, whatever the situation is, because of experience. And so, Lord, we just agree with you today that you are who you said you are and that when we come to you in prayer that you'll do what you said you would do. This was the reason you went to the cross, to redeem us from the power and the penalty of sin and to give us eternal and abundant life. So, Lord, even today, just as we pray, I'm asking you to stretch your hand out, God, right now yes. on these airwaves and begin to touch marriages, homes, lives, minds. Lord, do the very things that you said you came to do. Lord Jesus Christ, we're not asking you anything outside of your character. You made it really clear that this is why you came. You yourself said, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we simply stand on your word. We believe with you. God, we rejoice in you. I rejoice even this moment, Lord, for the lives that you are touching mm -hmm. right now. I pray, God, for everyone who's even doubting your existence today, who's listening to this, that you would just give them that assurance in the heart, give them that explosion of faith in the mind, oh God, to be able to believe you, to walk with you, to know that they're loved. And so, Father, I thank you for this, God, with all my heart. And Lord, give us the courage and the faith to believe for our generation, Lord. Yes. It looks so dark, and it seems like we've gone so far, and so many are prophesying our demise. But Lord God, you said that if we would pray, you would hear and forgive and heal. So Lord, we stand on your word, and we hold you, Lord, to what you told us. We make no apologies for you or your word. We simply stand in faith and we believe. And God, I have known miracles, I've known deliverance, I've, I've watched you open supernatural doors, I've been given abilities I don't naturally possess, I know all of these things have come from your hand, and you've even carried me through the valley of the shadow of death and through sorrow. And so, Lord, I give you praise in all things, God. You've been faithful, Lord. After all these years, the one thing I can say is that you have been faithful. And Lord, I thank you with all my heart, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Carter. It was brilliant. Love being with you. We hope today's podcast has been a tune-up for your life and has given you some practical plans for putting all aspects of your life in order under the direction of Jesus Christ. Gary has a new book that will help you put your spiritual life in proper perspective. It's called God's Favor. In it, Gary paints a brighter and more biblical picture of God's favor, revealing how our loving Father showers abundant resources on us, even if we aren't aware of them. But His provision doesn't and shouldn't ever stop with us. God wants our lives to show His unearned grace to a hurting, unbelieving world. You can order a copy of God's favor on the World Challenge website, worldchallenge.org. In our next episode, Gary talks about finding ways to discover God's favor in every aspect of our lives, even when you don't know it's there. 
The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge. This episode was written by Rachel Schimitz, sound designed by Mike Hallsmith. Our producer is Chris Wigington, with video production by Aaron Gale. We hope to see you next time on the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.